In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have you ever had this happen to you? Someone tells you about their problems, and you have the perfect solution, but they do not take your advice. I have an Emmanuel school student that I greet in the morning as she's dropped off in Caroline, who, when I ask how she's doing, always says, I'm so tired. To which I reply, you should go to bed earlier. I'm a master at giving advice. She has a problem, and I have a solution. And yet it seems she does not follow my advice because she continues to tell me that she's tired in the morning. Teachers certainly have this issue. You have a student who consistently makes poor choices and leads them into trouble and gets in the way of their education, and you tell them how they can do better, but they just do not heed your advice. It gets frustrating. You just want to give them a hug and protect them from themselves and make it all better. Parents can relate when one of your children's having troubles. Your beloved child keeps making the same poor decisions over and over and it's causing them no end of trouble and you talk with them and they counsel them, but to no avail. They refuse to listen to your guidance. You just want to give them a big hug and protect them from themselves and make it all better. You're offering advice in love to help them, to warn them, but unfortunately people are not always happy about someone telling them the truth about their situation. It can make them angry. It can drive them away. So what do you do? You want to help, but they do not want your help. Do you change your advice? Do you lie to them and tell them everything's okay? Or do you lament their rejection of your advice and continue to tell the truth? The prophets in the Old Testament have a rough job. They are not just giving good advice. They are called by the Lord to speak the truth of God to the people and their leaders. The prophets are called to go to the people in power, religious leaders and political leaders and even kings, to speak the truth in love. A prophet's job is difficult and dangerous. There's great pressure when dealing with powerful people to simply tell them what they want to hear. Kings have the power to execute you on the spot. There's great temptation to not speak the truth in love, but rather in fear, tell them lies to make them feel good. Jeremiah is feeling this pressure in our Old Testament lesson today. When Jeremiah finished speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people, then the priests and the prophets and all the people laid hold of him, saying, You shall die. Why have you prophesied in the name of the Lord, saying, This house shall be like Shiloh, and this city shall be desolate without inhabitant? And all the people gathered around Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. The power brokers are bringing pressure to bear against Jeremiah. They surround him and seize him and threaten him with death. They want to continue in their vices and idolatry without Jeremiah telling them that God condemns what they're doing and will send the Babylonians to bring God's judgment and conquer Jerusalem. They gather the king's officials and the religious leaders and they declare, this man deserves the sentence of death because he has prophesied against this city, as you have heard with your own ears. Then Jeremiah spoke to all the officials 
And all the people said, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and this city all the words you have heard. Now therefore mend your ways and your deeds and obey the voice of the Lord your God. And the Lord will relent of the disaster that he has pronounced against you. But as for me, I am in your hands. Do with me as seems good and right to you. Only know for certain that if you put me to death, you will bring innocent blood upon yourselves and upon this city and its inhabitants. For in truth, the Lord sent me to you to speak all these words in your ears. In our gospel reading from Luke, Jesus finds himself in a similar situation. Jesus has been teaching up in Galilee. He has been speaking the truth in love, but the religious leaders do not love the truth. Jesus told them, Now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools! Did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But give his alms those things that are within, and behold, everything is clean for you. But woe to you Pharisees! For you tithe mint and rue and every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Jesus is warning the Pharisees to repent, but they do not want to hear it. They want Jesus to shut up and leave. They come and tell him that Herod wants to kill Jesus, so he better leave. We're not sure if Herod is really on the hunt for Jesus or if the Pharisees are just making up this threat. Herod did reluctantly put John the Baptist to death, but... We see on the morning of Good Friday, Pilate sends Jesus to Herod, and we're told, When Herod saw this, he was very glad, for he had long desired to see Jesus, because he had heard about him and was hoping to see some signs done by him. In any case, the Pharisees are using whatever they can to pressure Jesus to shut up. But like Jeremiah and many Old Testament prophets, Jesus resists the pressure. He has to. If Jesus flees from this threat and stops speaking the truth of God, he will be abandoning his mission. He will become a false prophet. It is better to die than to give up the truth. The interesting thing is that Jesus has already set his face toward Jerusalem and the cross. He's already on his journey south to Jerusalem when the Pharisees confront him. So Jesus tells the Pharisees how to respond to Herod. Go and tell that fox. Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I finish my course. Nevertheless, I must go on my way today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. If Herod really does want to kill Jesus, he will not get the chance because Jesus is going to Jerusalem to die. Jesus will continue to speak the truth in love in Jerusalem, to call the people and their leaders to repentance. But they will reject him. And these are the children of Israel. These are God's chosen people that he delivered out of slavery to Egypt. These are Jesus' own people. He loves them. He wants to save them. But they will reject Jesus and kill him. Despite knowing all this, Jesus expresses great compassion for the people of Jerusalem. O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. 
How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. Jesus wants the people of Jerusalem to listen to him, to repent, to believe the good news. He wants to hug them and make it all better, but he knows that will not happen. Jesus laments over the people of Jerusalem, but then he continues on to finish his course on the cross at Calvary. Before the Babylonian exile, the people of Judah do not want to hear Jeremiah's warnings about their sin and their worship of false gods. They just want Jeremiah to shut up and they threaten to kill him so they can continue in their vice and their idolatry. Jesus is preaching and teaching the truth of God and calling people to repentance. The Pharisees and others want him to shut up. They pressure him by threatening his life so they can continue to make money, exploiting the people using their religious positions. But Jesus will not keep silent. Jesus loves his people too much to stop telling them the truth. These days, there are many people who still want Jesus to be silent. They do not want to hear what Jesus has to say about their own vices and idolatry. Speaking Jesus' truth in love is met with resistance and pressure to give up the truth and give in to the whims of society. There is great societal pressure to not speak the truth in love, but rather to lie to people to make them feel better. When confronted with Satan's old question, did God really say, the easy answer is that God says whatever you want him to say. The easy answer is that God does not care about sin, that God's not going to judge you, that God, the Ten Commandments no longer apply, that God has no instruction for life beyond whatever you think will make you happy. There's a lot of pressure for churches to adjust their preaching and teaching to fit the ways of the world and not offend anyone. There's great societal pressure instructing that if you're speaking the truth in love, offend someone, you need to give up the truth. The world says it is better to be a false prophet than to offend someone caught up in unrepentant sin. The pressure is quite real to eliminate the concept of judgment and hell and instead teach that any way to God is a good way. The world believes that the idea that Jesus is the only savior from sin is offensive and anyone teaching that needs to be silenced. People have left Emmanuel because of our teachings on marriage and abortion. It's tempting to want to adjust our teachings so they won't leave, but we cannot. So we lament their leaving and continue to speak the truth in love. The pressure is real to get along with the world. In some countries, speaking, the truth in God, in speaking God's truth in love, those people are threatened with imprisonment and death. In this nation, there's societal and economic pressure in families and schools and workplaces. There are no threats of death, but it seems that even so, many are giving in to the pressure and becoming false prophets, wolves in sheep's clothing. Jeremiah felt the pressure and remained faithful to God's truth. Jesus was pressured to stop speaking the truth in love and just be nice, just get in line with the Pharisees' program. Jesus did not concede. He continued to speak the truth in love. We feel pressure today to give up the truth of God, but we cannot. In love, we must continue the work of bringing the truth of God's law 
and the truth of the good news of forgiveness of sins through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus to a world that doesn't want to hear it and thinks it doesn't need it. But they're wrong. They really do need Jesus. So we preach and teach what God has given us. We baptize and celebrate the Holy Supper as Jesus tells us to do. We do what Jesus has given us to do to bring forgiveness of sins to hurting sinners. In Jesus' truth, there is eternal life. Without it, there is eternal death and hell. Pray for me that I have the courage to speak God's truth and love despite opposition and offense. Pray that this congregation and school continue to preach and teach the truth of God in love. Pray that you can resist the pressure to just tell people what they want to hear and instead speak the truth and love to those in your life. We do not have a choice. We need Jesus. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Amen. And now may the peace of God, the peace that is beyond understanding, keep your hearts and minds in true faith until our Lord Jesus returns in glory. Amen. We rise and confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed.